Hey, it's your host, April. This show, The High Guide, talks about altered states of consciousness brought on by cannabis and psychedelics and is intended for audiences 21 and over. If you've been listening to the show for a while and you like what you hear, please leave us a rating, a review, or a heart wherever you listen to podcasts. And lastly, I'm not a medical professional. If you are experiencing any mental or physical health concerns, please seek a licensed medical professional. I would say I could, you know, tell you stories about all of my mushroom trips. So the first time I did mushrooms was in college with my best, my best friend. And then the second time was also with that same best friend. And that was a magical journey through um, like a park in Amsterdam. My last full like macro dose mushroom trip um Towards the end of the day, I got a really bad migraine. The experience was beautiful, but the hangover was horrible. And unfortunately, I had that same experience this time, and which is a bummer. Bummer indeed. What to do when a psychedelic experience takes you down a road you most definitely do not want to explore, especially while under the influence of potent plants. Much like IRL, you choose. Either it consumes the joy that's possible or you navigate it as best as possible and hope for a better outcome next time, or at least to be better prepared next time. Psychedelic therapy is both a safe way to get high and a direct way to address the not-so-high times in our lives. In a world of smiling, happy people on screens, we can forget that it's okay to not be okay. C'est la vie, right? So how do we use what comes up in a journey, including the physical discomfort caused by the plant medicine itself, to prepare us for life's eventual come down? Our sister tripper in this week's episode is Alexa Jesse, who, for those listeners following the High Guide on Instagram, may recognize from the very clever cannabis product review reels she creates for our feed. If you've yet to follow us on IG, please check out how funny we can be at thehigh.guide. We asked Alexa to shift her thoughtful awareness away from cannabis and spend her New Year's Eve under the influence of plant medicine in an effort, dear listeners, to help us all learn a little about making the most of the come down. You know, that time in your trip when the tricks your mind plays on your eyes and ears become further and further apart when the air around you becomes more still and less, well, less of everything, how do you spend that time? Do you reach for weed to keep the magic alive a bit longer? Do you fire up a cigarette just for old time's sake? Do you start warming up soup to fill your belly before drifting off to sleep? Or do you simply snuggle until the sometimes melancholy thoughts that creep back in fade into dreams? Last week's episode featured music created specifically for this twilight period in a psychedelic journey. This audio was composed by Tim Held, electronic music maker and podcast host of Podular Modcast. Before we hear more from Alexa about her New Year's Eve come down, let's meet our high guide in today's episode. Ariel Ojeda has over two decades of personal exploration with entheogens, starting with her first acid trip at 13 years old. When her mom passed away at age 14, Ariel was diagnosed with clinical depression, and she found that when used with intention and surrender, cannabis and entheogens, specifically psilocybin mushrooms, LSD, MDMA, DMT, and ketamine supported her healing journey. 
Today, Ariel is showing up in support of Alexa, whose come down started in 2020. Our wedding was postponed from 2020. So that was really, really hard because pretty much the whole plan got canceled. And so that was a lot of pressure on me as well to replan. Uh, that it, it was really hard. Like, I don't think a lot of people understand what that is like, like all the 2020 weddings. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just really stressful, but it's, I'm just, I'm so happy to be married and like in a lot of ways just for the wedding to be over and it was just so <laughs> sad, but it's true. It's like, it was, it was such this big build and uh, I'm, I'm just so happy to be married. I know you guys had to like completely reorganize and reschedule everything for your wedding. And you went through all of those things, um, kind of together. So did you learn anything through all of those hardships and like how to care for each other a little bit better? Yeah. The, the biggest thing is our communication. I'm, I'm just so impressed by it. It, we've come such a long way in the past six years and we, we just have more open lines of communication. We haven't had a big blowout fight in like a really long time. And it's because we've just gotten better at bringing things up when it happens. It is really difficult to speak up in certain moments. So I think it also is fear-based too. It comes from a fear of like upsetting the other person or, you know, the conversation going in a negative direction. So I think a lot of us are afraid to speak up in the moment. Honestly, some of our our deepest, most honest conversations have been on either mushrooms, LSD, or um, MDMA. And like that is real conversations. We just would have never had places we typically, you know, are too scared to go. It's really amazing what these plant medicines they can like shift in our minds. You can just like hear something from someone. So um, just like without being defensive, without layers of like judgment, it's just like hearing this person asking something and then answering and yeah. The conversations that you can have when you can set aside your ego and all the filters that we hear and see the world through and just have a genuine, authentic conversation and like really hear each other and be present with each other. It just kind of shifts your perspective a little bit and it it helps you in those moments show up for yourself. Again, just, you know, speaking up in the moment is a little bit easier when you're able to do these things and be just raw and real with each other. Did you and your husband have an intention for for this session? Did you go into it with an intention? We've been together six years this month. Um, so we actually went on this the, the New Year's journey uh, together. We are really passionate about plant medicine and learning about its history and, you know, trying to honor it the best that we know how and um, to keep learning. But we always have little ceremonies um, whenever like we're at festivals or mm-hmm. <laughs> partaking in um, in substances to really to make, you know, to make them mean something to give them intention. And um, it's a really beautiful practice that we've had. And 
so we, we were both feeling like it was time, you know, for us because we love festivals. We've, we love traveling to festivals and a lot of it is because of those experiences. And with the pandemic, you know, that just hasn't been happening. Leading up to New Year's, we had a couple of different talks just you know, talking about what we were needing or wanting or searching for. And it, it's funny because I feel like we were just listing off like all of the things we wanted guidance on. And it's like, damn, we're asking a lot. <laughs> um, but in a lot of ways, I think I was needing a lot. We've really been open to different opportunities that might be pulling us um, to travel into different places. And so I think still wanting further guidance on that and also just letting go of this time where we're not really sure where we'll be in a month or three months or six months. And we're really like trying to release and surrender to that unknown because it's just really hard. So um, that was a big part of it. I think that's beautiful that you were so specific in your asks and your intention and um, usually even if you don't get all the answers right away, it's, you've already put that out into the universe. So you will get the answers that you need shortly after, even if it's not right away. This work is, is literally the process of digging it up. Oh, this is just the beginning of the work. And now it's like, to continue it. Cause it did stir up a lot, but a lot of really good stuff too, I mean, I just I felt immense gratitude all night for just my our cute little apartment and all my plants and just like this phase in our life, um, you know, for everything, really, just all the experiences that got me here. And that I still feel that, you know, like that overwhelming, like love and gratitude um, is definitely something I, I want to feel, <laughs> you know, I want to never not feel. I think like the best part for me about this trip was just reminding me that like, I don't need to necessarily consume mushrooms to, to access this place, but I want to, you know, use that, use them as a tool to just, to see what I am capable of, you know, what my mind is capable of. These, these sessions can stir up a lot of things, but that doesn't, again, it doesn't necessarily mean that all of those things are going to be processed in that moment or you know even in the near future it's it sometimes takes many sessions and many different experiences for you to like you said dig those things up and really like sort through them and process each one as ariel asserts not everything that comes up in a trip is processed in real time that's why the integration segment of your psychedelic experience is critical while, like this session here between our high guide and sister tripper did take place within 48 hours of Alexa completing her journey, integration is ongoing for days, weeks, and up to a year, sometimes beyond. So how do you keep the spirit of your vision quest alive when so much time has passed, yet you want to relive the journey to sift through your thoughts, just in case there's a nugget capable of making more sense of things for you? And that brings us to our word of the week, which we profile in the High Guides weekly email newsletter. And you can find in greater detail on the High Guides glossary of psychedelic terms available on our website, which is where you can also sign up for our weekly newsletter. Our website's at the high 
www.thepowerofpresence.guide. In this episode, let's review the word embodiment, which is revisiting your trip by listening to the music you listen to while having a psychedelic experience within the days and weeks following. This is most successful when you, as closely as possible, emulate your time under the influence. Duplicate your setting. How are your senses stimulated? The smells, the surface beneath you, and with eyes closed, direct your focus to the sensations, including hallucinations present at the time of your trip. The music we share on this podcast is available for you to reconnect with how you were feeling in a very specific moment to recollect your thoughts and insights. As an example, if Alexa is not feeling flush with love and gratitude, she can simply call up episode 44 of this podcast and listen to music to come down to and be reminded that everything remains as it did in that moment. We sometimes just need a little help tapping back into it and recognizing that the choice is ours to reclaim our happy place. As Alexa reflects from a moment in her trip. I was just so lost in my thoughts. It's this perspective shift of like this awareness of like, oh, I'm not present right now. I'm in my head. And then the shift back to being present. And I, it was just a really beautiful experience because I was able to like see these places as like in my head and out of my head so clearly. And whereas normally, you know, we get lost in thought and we don't really even notice that it's happened. And it, it happens when we look at our phones, you know, we just get lost in the scroll and, and it was just a really beautiful moment because it's, it's stuck with me. I, I had done a meditation earlier in the week that was focusing on um, like creating more space and time, like not filling your schedule um, and just being bored, like sitting around being like, huh, like what should I do now? So it was really in that moment, just realizing like, oh, I can choose to be present at any time. Like that is my choice. I get to choose. And I can also choose when to worry about work and when to worry about, you know, dinner and my, you know, and it, it it's all ties into boundaries also. Cause it's even like my own boundaries within myself. Like, no, Alexa, you do not need to be talking about work at eight o'clock. You know, when you're hanging out with your husband, like this is your time personal boundaries are also really important. Not just the boundaries we set with other people, but these personal boundaries that we should be keeping with ourselves so that we trust ourselves a little bit more every day. That's super important. This year, I did a lot of work uh, around boundaries. Before we get into Alexa's insights around her continued work with boundaries and what came up during her trip related to this, She's going to set the scene for us. Um, I'll just tell you like a little bit about the night. Um, I booked us for the bathhouse in the morning. So we went to this really amazing bathhouse and like steamed and sauntered, And it was just like so relaxing. And it was a gorgeous day out. And um, then we came home and made a a yummy meal, healthy meal and cleaned the house because we were just going to be at home. And um, I that was really important to me. And this kind of goes into set and setting, like of creating the space that I was very comfortable in because I know me and like, I didn't want to get high and start cleaning, yeah. <laughs> which I do sometimes. And yeah. so we, um, yeah, like we just really cleaned and um, 
Sean brought in all these different really cool lights that he has. And um, we just set up candles and like, and just kind of got everything ready. And then we ended up going on a walk and uh, the visuals were, were not like crazy. Um, it's not, it wasn't like an acid trip. Like I wouldn't say it was full hallucinations, but everything was glowing and like vibrating. So almost like anything I would look at kind of had like five layers of a, of a border around it. Um, that's kind of the best way I can describe it, but the, everything was very pleasant. So the, the vi- eye visuals were, everything was just very appealing to look at. I'm learning about the different types of mushroom strains, you know, just like cannabis, there's tons of strains of mushrooms and the chocolate bars we had were golden teacher, which you know, upon doing some research is one of the most popular strains and it is a, known to be a mild strain, good for beginners. Indeed, the potency of Golden Teacher is mild with expected effects such as visual distortions, enhanced colors, lightness or giddiness, euphoria, and finding ourselves spiritually in tune. The high guides I respect and trust for sure recommend starting with Golden Teacher. So we had these chocolate bars that I found for microdosing. I love tea, um, like on a hike with some friends, like we'll just sip on it. And it it's just not as hard physically, I find. And so I was really looking forward to having a tea this trip and last minute ended up with these chocolates. And um, my critique about them is that they were just huge. So a full eighth was like a, you know, the size of a Hershey bar. To review as we have in prior episodes, an eighth is 3.5 grams by weight. And when consuming this quantity, you can expect to walk the line between a moderate and high dose, the high end of a moderate and lowest end of a high dose range. A moderate dose is two to 3.5 grams and what most consider a classic psychedelic trip. And we split one bar, um, thinking that we'd split the other bar when we got to the park, we're going to go on a walk. And um, it was really hard for me to get the chocolate down. Like it tasted delicious, but my body like knew there were mushrooms in there and it was like really not wanting to eat them. And so that to me is not the way I would want to go into that sort of experience. Like I think it, my body was kind of on edge. And um, and that's what I would say about the whole trip um, in terms of my my body being a little just really not quite comfortable, a little bit sick. Um but my mind, like, you know, was loving it and I really wanted more, but I just, my body was like, I was like not eating more of that chocolate. Whoa, like we're starting to feel this already. And it had only been like 10 minutes and I definitely like started to feel that, just that weakness that can sometimes happen when your body starts digesting the mushrooms. And I was okay though. I was just sitting and kind of breathing through it and I definitely had a release, which I think is if, is so important. You know, I, I cried, I let out emotion. How often are we actually feeling it versus just talking about it? And I think that's a huge, you know, like point that we kind of realized is like, and it was in the space we created. It's like really giving yourself space to feel these things, not just to talk about them. Um, Cause there's a difference. We made our way home and walked into our house that we had set up and it had all these lights and we lit all the candles and um, Sean had made like a floor fort for us, just like a sleeping bag and pillows and blankets. And um, we just, we just talked for hours (laughs) and um, we had a 
a dance party at one point. And um, it was just really fun. It was just this really like playful space. It was just this own, we called it like a little micro festival in our, in our house. I have experience with psychedelics, um, but very special experiences. Like I would say I could, you know, tell you stories about all of my mushroom trips, which is, and they're all really special to me. Um, and so the first time I did mushrooms was in college with my best, my best friend. Um, and I remember feeling nauseous, but, but otherwise it was like a very positive experience. And then the second time was also with that same best friend in Amsterdam. And that was a magical journey through, um, like a park in Amsterdam. And it was so incredible. My last full like macro dose mushroom trip, um, towards the end of the day, I got a really bad migraine, which hung over into the next day. And it was really bad. You know, the experience was beautiful, but the hangover was horrible. And unfortunately I had that same experience this time. And it's a tough experience. And I would just want people to know going into that, like there are things you could do to make it easier on yourself. It's very similar to cannabis. There's different modes of ingestion too. So, um, Sometimes people have better experiences who have sensitive stomachs to um, psilocybin concentrate and like, you know, chocolate bars and things made with psilocybin concentrate instead of the dried mushrooms. Because I think a lot of people just have a really hard time digesting the dry mushroom material. I love the chocolate bars. Those are one of my favorite ways to consume because most of the time when I use a chocolate bar, I don't have that, you know, kind of nausea that comes in the beginning of it when you're, when you're getting into the trip. Um, I experience a lot of nausea with the dry mushrooms. Now for me to really want to explore different strains and know, do they all make me sick? You know, maybe not. Like maybe that's a strain that just for whatever reason um, is harder on me. Because I, like I said, I've done mushrooms before and they were easier on me. And um, basically what happened was I, I started getting a headache probably around like 11 o'clock and it just got worse throughout the night. We FaceTimed with a friend who ended up with COVID and got stuck home on New Year's Eve. And he recommended we listen to this album by this artist, Nim, NYM. And we, so we put on, and it was so incredible. And then when the album ended, we got into bed and put on the music to come down to. And I think what was cool is I, I wasn't feeling well at the time. And it was really grounding when, you know, trying to go to sleep, like, because I had a headache, um, I was really able to focus on the music and it changed a lot. And um, it, I, I was, it was giving me visuals or it was like prompting visuals in my mind. And it was really cool to see how like some of the more like synthy sounds or we were like kind of like harder sounds were, were appearing in my head as more like square. Like I remember one point, it was like Tetris was falling, you know, like there were these square kind of parts <laughs> that were um, moving. And then there were other parts of the song that maybe were a bit like slower and 
um, I just felt very peaceful, like kind of washing over me. Um, and yeah, just kind of, it was, I was seeing more like colors and like less erratic movement. And, and as the track progressed, it was kind of started out more, um, not aggressive, but just a little bit like faster, faster paced and, and then really softened. And it, it was a really cool way to to end the night and fall asleep just because I feel like I would have had trouble falling asleep otherwise. And and it actually like was just this really nice, like dreamlike state that got me into sleep. So it was really cool. That's incredible. Isn't it amazing what music can do? Yeah. (laughs) Just music alone can like completely change everything. (laughs) It's incredible. I know. Speaking of music this psychedelic experience for Alexa revealed a possible connection between a persistent bout with TMJ and as a musician, neglecting to fiercely protect the boundary around her time in the studio singing. I've also been struggling with uh, TMJ and clenching my jaw for years. And it's just, it's something that, you know, I, I'm really trying to finally fix, figure out like what is causing this? Why am I grinding my teeth when I sleep? Like literally just so tense. And I know that it's energetic and emotional because I just know that (laughs) I'm starting to really believe that my jaw pain is coinciding with the fact that I'm not singing. And I'm a musician, but I have not been playing music for a while now. I have been focusing on work and I have all my excuses. <laughs> I just recorded my first song since before the pandemic, um, like a couple weeks ago. So I'm, I'm getting back into it. I, I need to be patient with myself. Which areas in your life feel like a come down at the moment? Where are the pains in your body? Whether it's under the influence or simply taking time to listen to the audio provided here on the High Guide, take the time to connect with what needs release. It's a new year, bound to be filled with highs and lows. Get comfortable with all of it. And remember, sometimes the only way to do that is to go through it, no matter how uncomfortable. You can't go around it or over it or under it, but you got to meet it straight on. And maybe with a little help from Mother Nature. Thanks for listening to this episode of The High Guide. A big thanks to our sister tripper in today's episode, Alexa Jesse, and today's High Guide, Ariel Ojeda. Also, a huge thanks to Patchworks, The High Guide's partner, in presenting this audio series, Psyched Audio, to you. Patchworks is where electronic music makers of all levels of experience go shopping. Patchworks has a simple mission to connect people with joy through electronic music. If you're a new listener or have been loyal each week, please follow, subscribe, and review The High Guide wherever you listen to podcasts. It really helps more people find the show. And I'd like to emphasize, please review The High Guide. It really does help more people find the show. And tune in next Friday for our final episode for this season. But don't worry, we'll continue to pop up in your feed with short, sweet episodes every Friday leading up to the launch of season three in March of this year. While our third season is taking shape, we'd love to hear from you. So please drop us a line, DM us on IG at thehigh.guide or send us an email at get at thehigh.guide. I'm your host, April Pride, looking forward to bringing you next week's episode 
of the High Guide.